Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's, okay, let's, let's, let's cut the shit and let's talk about it. What's going on? Um, I got your message today about inviting me on a family vacation and I'm weighing options right now. I understand I that. I am. I'm, I was I'm like, really, well, she's really might be vacationed out at that point. But I also <laughs> she didn't, might be too- the last thing I wanted was for you to get here and be like, wait, where are you going? That sounds super fun and up my alley. Cause like, it, you know, it does sound super fun and up your alley. And there's going to be a Harry you know Potter theme, which I know how you feel about Harry Potter. Conflicted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think how most people feel about Harry Potter right now. Fucking conflicted. Okay, hold on. My microphone. You don't think I should keep the pop filter on? No, no. That was only something we had to do when we were professional. Well, then why the fuck am I carrying this around Listen, to every country in the world? Can I tell you something? Should I just somebody keep left it here? Us, somebody left us a... Um, uh, not a rev- yeah, not a review, but like an email through our website, and they, uh, this like dude Tyler, and he was like, you know what? He like compared us to a much more put together uh, professional podcast, and he was like, and here's the thing, I love how unscripted your mess slash genius of a podcast <laughs> is, and I was like, you know what? Thank you, Sir, I feel seen. If only you fucking knew. If only you saw the the video presentation of what the Zoom looks like, you would also call us an absolute mess slash genius because we look By like way, two female Einsteins is what you should picture. We do. Hair a mess, hair askew. Hair askew. Um, solving world peace. But I've got a little bit of a mustache conf- going. Ooh, I just got out of the shower and my hair is frizzy and... And I just came from a catamaran today. You look like so, you're on like a shitty Airbnb <laughs> Ikea I totally couch. Am. Like, you I know, totally like am. the basic couch that an Airbnb might offer. I'm actually, truth be told, I'm in a bed right now. I'm in a fucking bed. Oh, because I don't the, have a desk. It's the uh, headboard. This is the looks headboard. Like a couch. This is the headboard. It looks like a couch. Trick me. And let me. that be, it tricked you, but it is an upholstered situation. Hold on. Wait, Can I ask minute. you a question? Have you become. A full-blown lesbian? <laughs> no, I am. I am a thousand percent Algarvian right now because I'm in the Algarve, bitch. Oh, you I, moved. I moved. Of, I moved. Uh, My joke fact, is outdated. Your joke is outdated. How dare you? It's going to be even more outdated for our listeners. I was in Lisboa. It's by the way, it's Lisboa is how you say it here in Portuguese. A Lisbian. Are you I'm a Lishbian? But I was. I was a Lishbian for a week. And then I moved down to the Algarve. And I'm in a place that I don't know how to say it. So you know what? I'm just not going to. It starts with a C. I think it's Quervina. I don't know. But I am here. And I've been here for five days. And it's been like beach and lovely. I'm going to Porto tomorrow. Apparently there's a 
olive oil tour that I can take that we're going to do olive oil tastings. Olive oil? You know who says that? Olive oil? Gonger from Sesame Street. He and Cookie are always, uh, they have like a a chef's kitchen. They're always making something and he's always like, we need olive oil. And now I can't stop saying it that way. You are around children, and I am am not, and, and you're that's a lis- the difference of lesbian. us right yeah. now. And I'm a lesbian, and you're around I'm, lesbians, and you get to you be I, in fucking Portugal. Do you what know what you this drinking? is, by the way, Quinn? This is vino verde. Well, too low in alcohol for me. I'm having a full blown rosé from a box, bitch. <laughs> This is how we do it. Who you calling, bitch? I realized I felt a little sick. It's actually Monday night. Oh, you felt a little sick, so you're like, I need to kill the bacteria, so put some rosé. That's so smart. God, are you a doctor? alcohol on me. You are so smart. Wait, by the way, how's um, Koa's first couple weeks of school? Killing it. Slaying. He's doing a great job. He's really happy. He's coming home, and he's teaching me words in Spanish, and he's really, like, feeling good. And Griff has totally warmed up to it. One of his uh, drawings came home the other day, and it was a terrible drawing. It was, like, um, supposed to be a person, I think, and it said next to it. Can you please post it? Can you? Did you take a picture? Can you please post it Sure. this episode? Thank you so much. So they write on it. They're like, well, you know, what did you draw? And then they write next to it so that we know what the hell it is. And it said, my old brother. My old brother. (laughs) And then they put a sticky note on it that said in quotes, maybe my mom and dad will come back and get me, but I like school, so maybe not. Seems good though, right? Confident. What a a fun, confident, but what a fun um, roller coaster of neglect he is on, you know? (laughs) I mean, I love that for him. He's like, we do try to provide him with that. I do like school, so maybe not. So he's like preparing himself for the worst, which is something I do. So I appreciate in him. Well, or is it the best? I think he... He can't decide what he wants. Um, but he does like school. When I say me and Griff are the same, we can't excite we can't decide what we want. That is a me and Griff similar Venn diagram there, baby. Universal. You guys have so much in common. We do. We're the youngest. We love dancing to music. Both me and Griff do that. We're pretty opinionated. You both poop your pants. Sometimes we do. Sometimes. Can I tell you the comment? Mostly pee. A kid escaped. From the school. Quinn, you're bearing the lead. What? And was it Griffin? And did nope. he go on a baby's day out adventure in New York City? Oh, God. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> Pig in the city and Griff spent the day together. No. What happened? Well, Griff has, wait, Griff has tried to escape you. So that is a fair question. Griff has escaped your house. He's he's a little bit of a runaway guy. I want him to be like a little, like, what is the satchel? What is that called? A dinkle? What is it called? A dinkle? A dinkleberry? What is the thing? thing? Oh, no, that's dingle with a G. What is the thing that a hobo has? I know what you're talking about with the handkerchief tied at the end of a sack, and I don't know the name of it. What is it? Um, we'll call it. I do think a hand, handkerchief at the end of a stick is actually called a dinkleberry. So let's keep that for what it is. For sure, that's what it is. I feel confident. Um, it couldn't be named anything else. So he, another mom, like ran. Another mom ran into Matt, which is a funny sentence because I guess Matt's a mom, Mister Mom. Um, <laughs> so a mom ran into Matt and was like, 
I'm a little concerned because like they're in a basement and should we get them air purifiers for the basement? Because it's like I went in there. They're in a basement. It's not great. And Matt's like, I don't know. And then she was like, also, my kid like got out the other day. And he's like, what? And she was like, yeah, his nanny or grandma went to go pick him up. And what had happened is they were letting other kids out of this side door where you come to pick up your kid. And this little girl just slipped out and ran up the block. And they wear uniforms. And I guess, thank God, because a guy saw her and was like, I know where you belong, and brought her back to the school. And was like, this is one of yours, right? And like the grandma or whoever was already there to pick her up and imagine she's at the school to pick up her kid but she turns and sees a stranger walking toward her with the kid like can you imagine wait i know this is not the appropriate time to ask this question but griffin wears a uniform to school yes he looks like he works at a fucking staples it's i actually like need a to yellow see him, collared that's, starch that's, that's, shirt that's not Listen, that's not that's not the point of this conversation, but I, I I do need to see pictures of that. But more importantly, that's terrifying. And I have babysat a kid at 18 months and I was in a playroom and that has happened to me. Luckily, I saw her right away. But we were in a playroom in her apartment building and a bunch of nannies were coming in in strollers. So the door was propped open. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like putting a toy away and she just booked it out of there. And what killed me is that no grownups or no, you know, no adults saw this little kid leaving and stopped her. And then I was, I saw her right away leave the room. So I immediately went to chase her, but then all these strollers were coming in. So I couldn't get out. That was, it was probably all of 10 seconds, but it was so scary. Cause one, it's not my kid. Carrie doesn't want to go to jail. Two, I really liked this kid. I didn't want her to, you know, I mean, Luckily, we were in a little apartment complex, but that was really scary. Kids are tiny. Terrifying. And also, like, why aren't you seeing a kid leaving? Stop them. Well, and it just relies completely on who happens to see the kid. And luckily, it was a regular dude. I sent you a picture. uh, I I sent you a text of Griff in his um, uniform. How cool he looks. Oh. (laughs) Pretty good, right? Are those the short? He can wear any pants, right? Well, no, but... I'm seeing how long we get away with putting him in comfy pants that are the same color as the uniform pants. Because I'm like, Wait, he has everybody. to wear like a khaki. He has to wear like of a course. khaki green pant. Total. And so you're putting him in comfy. Wait, how cute is he? The cutest Shut person up. you've ever met in your life. He's ugh, fuck. I miss your kids. I'm gonna see them so they soon. They miss you too. You will see them soon. What's really cool is I've been on the beach, and you know what you love to do on a beach? What do you love to do on a beach? Um, sexually assault people. Quinn, the last two episodes I've asked you. <laughs> I'm trying to make a profile, right? Like it's really coming together. People are like, wow, she had us going for like years. And then we found out her true character. She finally just like let down the walls. Quinn, no, I just think it's a funny question. Like read a magazine. To us. What do you do on a beach? I read, I swim in the ocean. I do what everybody does I was, on the beach. I used to play you know, Kadima Pro. What we're going to do is I'm going to do it a cliffhanger, which makes sense because I'm in the Algarve Coast and there's a lot of fucking cliffs at the beach, but also because I was about to segue into the story that I was going to tell. Oh, great. But it's not it's not now because we have to say welcome to Truly. Darkly. Creepy. I'm Quinlan Posner. And I'm Carrie Ipema. And I am a Lishpian. And uh, we also have some folks to thank because yeah, I have to say, shizzies. it's been... 
Um, I just want to give a shout out to all of our Patreons because we're I, we're just so appreciative of you. But I also like it's been so lovely to feel the support from our listeners. And I and I just want to thank each and every one of you. So let's go ahead and thank four. And if you're not thanked in this week, again, you'll be thanked in next week. So let's go. Relax. Keep your pants on. Just take your pants off if that's part of the problem. More importantly, take your bra off because that is uncomfortable. That's always or part of the you, problem. But you know what? Also, some people love a bra on. So like do whatever your heart feels good. But what we do want to talk about is we want to give a thank you to Brianne C., Briancy, is that really Briancy? Brianne C. Oh, I okay, it got it. I thought it was like Nancy, but it was like Briancy. Okay, I actually need to say something like right now. Of I'm gonna Tarth. Wait. wait, I need to say something right now. Quinn sent me these names, so she saw them, and I said Briancy, <laughs> and she's playing dumb right now that she didn't know the name. I didn't in look. a very sweet. You didn't. You know look what? I all, you just if copy I could show and pasted. You, I could share screen with you. Let me show you how I do this. I don't um, need to do that. But what I loved is Quinn sent me these names, and I made. I said Briancy, and she made a joke, doubled down on it, like she doesn't see these names. Incorrect. I have them divided into clumps of four in a note, and I grab the first clump, and I. I'm obsessed X, with you. I did Control X, Control okay. V, which for those that don't know, that's just a uh, that's a shortcut. That's something that of a um, cut, us young people do. It's just paste. a quick way to do a cut and a paste without going up to file. Uh, I do that all the time. I'm <laughs> and Quinn is. If you have any technical issues, please feel free to write into Quinn. More importantly, is Briancy and I do want to say Quinn. I apologize. Y- you you didn't see the name and. I, I forgive you. So, Brienne. <laughs> Brienne of Tar. Go on. Brienne Briancy. It's not a one name. It's a two with the initial E. Briancy, you are our friend to us. Did you send anything about yourself so we can personalize this song? But maybe not, because that's a new kind of thing. Briancy, we love you dearly. We bet you're fancy. Who's next? next? Lacey, la 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 Lacey and a Lacey, we love Lacey a freaking little Lacey. Spacey. Lacey, Lacey, flying through spacey, throwing her money at people that are crazy. That's our Lacey, she don't even care, she don't even care, she don't even care. She's a space cadet, she's a wild one, flying through the sky like a rocket ship, not gonna die. Lacey. Quinn gets so aggressive with these names in a way where, like, not a blink. There's she doesn't pouring blink. sweat. It's <laughs> like drenched, and I like just had garlic, and I smell it coming out of my cheeks while I'm singing. We don't have a pop filter, so I'm trying to adjust because my pop filter is on its last fucking pop legs. Quinn is saying, "Fuck it all to hell." We're popping out hard. Okay, pop, baby, let's pop. go to the next one. Is is this next name correct? Is it Sadra D or is it Sandra D? <gasps> oh my god! Well, if I wrote Sadra, the next or Sadra, then it's Sadra. Look Sa- at me, I'm Sadra, Sadra D. D. Joining Patreoni won't listen to any other podcasts. I can't 
They are it's too fast. <laughs> Ours are objectively way too Very slow. slow. We take up way too much time in your ear holes. And for that, either you're into it or you're not. And Sadra D, I think you're into it. Sadra, Sadra D, Sadra. I we love Sadra. you. Let's, we love you, Sadra. How do you think you say this name? Okay, so you are looking at the list. The lies. Now I am. You, okay. I got, you got so mad earlier that I was. I, I did get mad you at you. You can't be in charge of it, so now I had to step back in and take control. Okay, no, this next name. You want me to? You want me to have responsibility for this next name? I know you do mm-hmm. because of what it is. Accurate. And I gotta say, you, whoever this person is, I apologize profusely if I say your name wrong. But I want to let you know it doesn't mean I love you. It doesn't. It, it's not an indicator of how much we love you because we love you a lot. Janiles. <laughs> I would say Jen. Jenny Alice. Jenny. Jenny Alice probably. Je, Jenny Alice makes it sound like two first names. Maybe that's wrong. Jenny Alice. It almost looks like dialysis. It's really hard to say. But, no, no way. That's my problem, not yours. Jenny Alice. I don't think We're I'm gonna do an analysis right. of wrong. your name. Your name is Jenny, Jenny Alice. We're going to analyze your name. It's Janalice. Jenny or Alice. Or is it Janalice? Or is it Jenny Alice? Jenny Alice. Janalice. Or Jenny copy it wrong. You'll never know. This is the show, and we have to live with our answers. Thank you. That's good. Hey. You know what? What I do feel confident in mm. is that at one point in that song, we said the name correctly. And I do want to know, Jenny Ellis, is this a group Patreon? Did you <laughs> portmanteau two names? Or did your parents have a hard time deciding which name and they portmanteaued it for you? Either way, I love it. And that has been a fun brain tickle for me. We thank you. We thank you. Um, okay, so I left you off at a cliffhanger, yep. so let's short up. At the beach, what do you love to do? You love to read a magazine, which that, mm-hmm. by the way, is actually perfect segue for me because oh. what I love to do at a beach is I love to read. It could be a book. It could be a magazine. It could be a portmanteau book magazine. I love reading like a little trashy book. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was looking at the Brooklyn Library plug and uh i was looking at sort of books that i had saved and one of the books that i had saved was a book called 17 real girls real life stories by 17 magazine it essentially is a book of magazine articles of true crime from 17 magazine and so it's like i can check this out Quinn, don't, because I'm going to do all these stories at some point. Oh, but yeah, this sounds it was, so fun. It was such a quick beach read, it's and it was so great. You just, like, listed buzzwords of things I liked. Are you a big Seventeen magazine girl? Huge. Enormous. That was my magazine. When I was, when I was in a youth group growing up, we would have, on our final night, we would have a Cosmo reading where all the women or all the girls – got together and the senior girls would read the sexy Cosmo stories at the end. And I think that was like, that was probably like access to the first porn, if I will, of like that I was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I love a reading. I love a reading moment. That's fun. Like a romance novel. Very, very fun. Mm-hmm. And it was always an excerpt and it was always like his throbbing something or other. Anyway, so I love a Cosmo salacious little story. Seventeen 
they had a bunch of cool true crime articles that were, you know, you, they did not update them, which I did think was an interesting move. They were kind of like, <laughs> this person has not gone to trial yet. And you're like, this was in 2004. Like, they couldn't update it. Like, what the fuck is going on over there? Oh, my 17? God. Carrie, are you saying you actually had to read it and then do some research, too? It was so hard. What yes, a buzzkill. It was, it was such a buzzkill. No, it was not BuzzFeed. It was 17. It was such a fun way of getting a bunch of stories. And it was really hard to determine which story I was going to share with you today. But... Keep in mind, I'm probably going to be sharing stories like all the book from this and giving some more information. So if you want to get a read, if you want to do a preview, feel free to read 17 Real Girls, Real Life Stories by 17 Magazine. I also got this information from KansasCity.com, ABC News, Oxygen, and Medium. So I did do some further research. Uh, Thank you. Highly impressive. I'm doing... Thank you so much. I needed that today. You're welcome. I needed that. I'm doing the story of Allie Kemp. Have you heard of her? No, I've heard of Allie Kemper. That's Ellie Kemper. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of Jenny Alice. (laughs) Should I just list people I've heard of? Is that fine? I've heard of. (laughs) That's so fun for all of us. (laughs) That's the most entertaining. Please, for the love of God, stop. Okay, Okay. hold on. let Let me get this out. Okay, here we go. All right, so Allie Kemp. She is, at this point, she's 19 years old. It's 2002. And uh, she is a freshman. She's in between her freshman and sophomore year. And, you know, that's a fun time of life, right? She's 19 years old. She's from Leewood, Kansas, which is an affluent part of Kansas. And um, for her summer job in between freshman and sophomore year, she's a pool attendant. And conveniently enough, this is four blocks away from her house. So it's sort of like the perfect job for her. She actually loves it there. And what's even better about this job is they love her there. So she's able to get her boyfriend a job, her two brothers a job. She's able to have her friends come visit her at work. Like truly, and it's not even that she's a lifeguard. It just seems like she's a pool attendant. So she's probably like stocking towels, but she's also like making sure everything is running well getting the chlorine, sweeping the pool, reading 17 pool. when she's she probably has a reading minute. 17 herself when she has a minute. Um, but like she's a really bright young lady. She's actually planning on going to Russia the next year to work with poor kids. She was in the National Honor Society um, and actually part of this society, she was actually picked to be one of 60 students to travel with the US State Department to um lead an expedition to a to a learning expedition did not spell that right said lead, lean gin <laughs> i want to be very clear i wrote on a lean gin expedition and that's not what she was invited to do she was invited to do a learning expedition to france china and australia like this young woman has a really full exciting life ahead of her and again like i said this is the perfect summer job her boyfriend works there her brothers so she's she has all of the people she loves working with her. And then when it gets cloud and then when it gets cloudy in Kansas, not tornado, but when it gets cloudy and the pool is sort of slow, she gets to call her friend and she's like, Hey, come over and hang out with me. Also, there's an ulterior motive to her having her friend come and hang out with her. She is a little bit eked out at some of the workers around the area. There are some like day laborers and she's she feels a little bit weird about them and it's like, oh, they're kind of staring at me. I don't love that. I think we've all been in that situation when we're 19 years old and being like, ah, there's something weird about this. I don't like it. Um, 
So it's June 18th, 2002. I mean, that's like peak summer. That's peak summer vibes at the pool. But on this day in particular, it's a cloudy day. So she's pretty much by herself. In fact, she started work around 2 p.m. where she was going to relieve her boyfriend. Now, what's important to know about her boyfriend is that her and her boyfriend, Phil, actually have a date that night because Phil, the next day, he's going on a family vacation. And so the two of them, young lovers as they are, they want to have like a special little date night. Just Mm -hmm. the two of them. Um, So she relieves her boyfriend from his shift. So he heads out um, and he's getting ready to take her out for a special meal. Um, And then at 3.10, so Allie's been there for like an hour. At 3.10, Allie's friend comes by because it's cloudy and she knows that, you know, Allie gets bored. Yeah. Hey, you got to hang. So Lindsay comes by. I'm sorry. Laurel comes by, which, by the way, this article confused Lindsay and Laurel. There was Lindsay at one point and Laurel. I wouldn't say Seventeen has, like, great editors, but let's move on. Oh, Laurel no. comes by. It's Yeah, it was a little confusing. I was like, Laurel, Lindsay? And then I just, I think it was the same person. Um, so Laurel comes by at around 3 o'clock, and she's parking her car, and she sees, like, a big pickup truck in, in the parking lot. And she's like, huh, whatever. She doesn't, she like barely notices it. She gets out of her car and she sees like a heavy set worker guy coming out of the pool and he sort of like nods and waves at her. And so she walks into the pool looking for her friend Allie and she walks around and she, she doesn't see Allie anywhere, but she just assumes that Allie, it was cloudy. She actually went to the food court or she went to the mall across the street to run an errand. But Laura was just going to stop by for like a little hang. So she was like, whatever. And she heads out. So that's at around 3.10 or 3.15. Then at around 5 o'clock, Allie's brother, Tyler, shows up at the pool because he's going to relieve her a little early of her shift so that she can go on a date with Phil. Um, and so he walks in and he sees Allie's keys, purse, and cell phone. And he figures that she also went across the street to go to Subway to grab a snack or something. Um, I don't have enough time to unpack Subway as a snack place Uh it's not where I would go, but let's, again, you know how I feel about Subway. I will the never smell. sponsor. Sure. They will, I, I, I can't. The smell, um, the Jared, they went wrong in so many places. I just can't. Um, so her brother sees she's gone and is like, all right, I guess I'll start my shift. Um, so he grabs the skimmer from the pool house um, and he starts skimming the pool, you know, for about like 15 minutes and then he realizes she's not back and he's getting to thinking he's like, those are her phone, her keys, her wallet. Like, okay, maybe she didn't go to Subway. And so he decides to call his dad or he calls his home and his mom picks up and um, he's like, yo, listen, I don't think he said, yo, listen to his mom, but he says, hey, mom, weirdly, hello, Allie's, mother. Hello, mommy, <laughs> mommy. I don't know if he calls her mommy. He's like in his late teens, maybe early 20s, but he, he yo, says, moms. hey, mom. I I can't find Allie. I don't uh-huh. know where she is. Um, and again, they're four blocks away. And so Allie's and Tyler's mom tells their dad. I believe his name is Fred. We'll go with it. We're going to go with it. Let's see. No, his name is Roger. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's going great. Okay. I'm laughing now because it's not going to be funny in a minute. And we have to find the joy when we can. So. He calls her mom. He calls his mom, tells her he can't find Allie. At their mom 
tells their dad Roger, and within minutes, Roger shows up at the pool. And Tyler is skimming, and Roger's like, is Allie still not here? And Tyler says, no, she's not. I can't find her. So they begin to walk around. The first thing Roger does is he checks the pool, the deep end. He makes sure that she's not in there, that she didn't drown. Um, And then he walks back to the pump house in the pool, um, and he sees pool equipment he sees tools and as he walks further in the back he sees a huge tarp and he notices a leg sticking out from underneath it he pulls open the tarp and he sees every parent's worst nightmare he sees his daughter he yells at his son to call 911 he sees 19 year old Allie she is naked except for her shirt and sports bra, which has been rolled up under her armpits. Um, He immediately goes and he feels her hand. It's cold. He feels her arm. It's cold. He feels her back. It's warm. He rolls her over. She has bloody hair matted over her face. He lifts her hair and he sees that she has been really hurt. He sees she has two swollen eyes She has bruising around her face and she is unconscious, but he's felt the warmth in her body and he is incredibly hopeful that he has time. And he says before he knew it, the EMTs were there. They take her to the hospital. They try to resuscitate her, but it is too late. She has announced dead at the hospital. From the autopsy and from the way that they found her body, they see that there was a massive struggle and they see that Allie fought. She Mm -hmm. fought hard for her life. They see that her fingernails are all broken. They see that she has two broken fingers. Um, Her flip-flops are in different areas of the room. There is blood spatter. Um, And then when they look at the scene of the crime, they see that from the toolkit, there was antiseptic that is missing um, from the first aid kit, kit, and it is uncapped. Um, this is a small, affluent town. The police, this is shocking to the entire community. This is really obviously scary for any community to be confronted with this kind of violence and this mm-hmm. seemingly random act. Of course, by the way, it goes without saying, but of course they interviewed her boyfriend and he has a solid alibi. This seemed to be random and they don't have a suspect at this point. Um, again, Laurel is our sort of closest eyewitness to what happened because as soon as she heard what had happened with Allie before she even knew that Allie had died, she drove herself right to the hospital and she spoke to a police officer right away mm-hmm. and she gave them the description of a man. They had eyewitness um, eyewitnesses that that described the Ford pickup that was in and out of the parking lot that day. Um, so they have a computer composite of the guy, but they have no suspect. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Um, so... It's the early 2000s. This case is on America's Most Wanted. Um, They're trying to get as much press coverage for it as possible to sort of increase awareness and try to get this composite sketch out and about. And it's February 2003. It's about, what, six, six, seven months later, eight months later. 
um, Roger, her dad, at this point, he says, you know, you've got two choices. You can stay in bed and pull the covers over your head or you can go out and fight the battle. And he said, I was going to fight the battle. There was no way I was going to let this guy win. So it's eight months later. There are still no suspects, no person of interest. All they have is this composite drawing. And Allie, Allie's dad, he takes it on. He he takes the suspect's composite and he calls Lamar Advertising. You know those big billboards, mm-hmm. Lamar Advertising? Yeah. He calls Lamar Advertising and he tries to buy a billboard to put the sketch of this guy on there to increase attention and get any information and put the reward information up there. Because at this point, he's increased the reward to $25,000. So the city is matching it. So it's a $50,000 reward to find this guy who did it. When Lamar Advertising finds out what's going on and who this guy is, it's a a victim's father. they decide to give him the billboard for free. So he's able to advertise the composite on this guy for free. And then he calls America's Most Wanted again, and he says, please run the story again. At this point, he has hotline gets about 3,000 calls in leads. And one of them leads to this guy named Teddy Hoover. Now, Teddy Hoover, he runs a pool cleaning business. And when police interview him initially, Um, They get some information on him. It's a little unclear whether they interview him now or they had interviewed him previously Mm -hmm. um, as he was just around the area at the time. And when they had asked him for a DNA test, he declined, which the police said that wasn't that unusual. Even innocent people don't love to get their DNA. Um, But then they were like, they, but then he said he's got to talk to his lawyer. So once the police then contact his lawyer, his lawyer says, Actually, he left. He left for Vegas. So this guy is when he heard out you wanted the, the DNA, he changed he states. He changed states. Well, Whew. what's also interesting at this point, though, is that the police now know that this guy is not actually Teddy Hoover. That's not his real name. Oh. His real name is Benjamin Appleby, and this guy Benjamin Appleby actually, I know. It's just a lot of American. You know what it is? It's that there's like Apple, like Johnny Appleseed. Then you've got Teddy, like Teddy Roosevelt. Then you've got Hoover. It's just like it's it's all over the place, frankly. It's giving me a a lot lot. of associations. And then you have Applebee's, you know, or is it Applebee? I don't know. It's Applebee. So we're going to go Applebee. Although I don't want Applebee to come after us. So I'll go Applebee. Okay. So they realize this guy's name is actually Benjamin Applebee. Um, And he actually stole his identity from... This guy, Teddy Hoover, um, who died. I think it was a friend of his who died. And weirdly, they met at an Applebee's. And weirdly, they met at an Applebee's. It was unlimited apps um, at the Applebee's. Um, Yeah, that's to me, like that part of the story, there's a lot of part of the story that gives me pause. But like, if you have a friend who died and you're like, I'm going to use this opportunity to to get a new name, I think you're a piece of garbage. Anyway, okay, there's a lot of reasons why this piece, this guy's a piece of garbage, because spoiler alert, he's our guy. but Benjamin Appleby, he had previously served time for robbery. And in addition, he had also been found guilty of exposing himself to women, which when I found that out, it really reminded me of the Sarah Everard case, this yeah. idea of this like massive escalation. So yeah. once they find out his real identity as Benjamin, it leads them to Connecticut to a woman who is actually living with a man with the last name Appleby. It's November 2004, and Kansas detectives have traveled 1,300 miles to Connecticut where they're going to question, they're going to finally question this guy, 
Benjamin, about the murder of Allie Kemp. He walks in the room and the police have planned it, you know, they gotta, they gotta get in this guy's head a little bit. So when Benjamin walks in, the police have arranged to have pictures of Allie all around them. And then they've created a binder that looks like they have a ton of information on him when in fact they really don't have much to go on or they mm-hmm. don't have a ton of information. They're hoping this is going to spook him and he's going to confess and sing like a fucking canary. And when not you know it? It works. He quickly breaks down and he admits to the murder in a taped confession. And here's what we know happened. At around three o'clock in the afternoon, Allie goes to the pump house to start working around the pool. At this time, a strange man who we now know is Benjamin Appleby, he comes in and he wants to check out the pool facilities because he wants to try and get a contract to work at the pool. At this point, he decides to hit on Allie. She's a cute young girl. He's this big guy. He has a bucket of tools with him. Obviously, she is in an enclosed space with a strange large man, and she asks to be let out. He blocks the doorway. He then reaches out to try to touch her, and she pushes him. And he says he fucking lost it. He attacks her. He is filled with rage. He starts hitting her. He beats her. She fights back hard. At this point, he gets on top of her. He isolates her arms and he strangles her. When she passes out, he attempts to rape her, but he can't. This is when he tries to pull out that antiseptic ointment in the hopes of using it. He is not successful in raping her. And as he leaves, he sees Laurel, Allie's friend, and he waves at her. After this confession, he says, I'm trying to do the right thing. I don't want any sympathy. The good news is we're not giving him any sympathy. <laughs> it's he pretty easy to grant he, your wish, pal. Yeah, it's not a very it's not a challenging thing to do. He signals he wants to plead guilty in order to spare the Kemp family from the pain of a trial. And he's brought from Connecticut to Kansas. And at this point, he recants his confession. And he says that he said it only under duress. And he's Mm -hmm. backing off of his guilty plea. (laughs) He was like, no one felt sorry for me either, by the way. It was weird. (laughs) He's such a piece of shit. And it's so fucked to me that he left and just, like, lived his life. Like, I I, can't. And uh, uh, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. All of it. It's just awful. It's just awful. Um, the good news, I, I don't know if I can even say that, but he is eventually found guilty by a jury. Um, but he's such a fucking coward because when Allie's family wants to give the victim impact statement, he asks to be removed from the courtroom. I don't know if the judge granted no, that's this decision. The whole, no. That's the whole point, though. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I think also it was because... Oh, really? Now you're the one that wants to leave the room? Yeah. How'd that go for Allie, you motherfucker? Absolutely. I think his hope was that the the victim impact statement, he didn't want to hear it, um, and it's for the sentencing anyhow, right? But I hope he was made to stay because he deserves to hear how much pain he put that family through. And also just like the eight months 
of having to sit without a suspect. I mean, but again, we've seen this before where it's like the victim's family having to come forth and pick up the pieces and and find their own justice in any way that they can, right? Um, he is sentenced to life in prison for 50 years with no possibility for parole. Um, and again, what does Allie Kemp's family do? They they take their broken heart and they and they go into activism. They try to make sense of, you know, what they went through and their loss and they try to they try to turn it into something positive. So they launched a scholarship fund in Allie's name and they also started takedefense.org, which is a national organization that offers self-defense classes for women. Um, they want women ages 12 and up to be prepared in self-defense because they felt like Allie had reacted by punching him as opposed to like maybe knowing other tactics that could have mm-hmm. helped her mm-hmm. in that respect. Um, and I think they're also honoring the fact that this young woman fought fought really hard mm-hmm. to get away. And as of 2022, 67,000 women have been trained, including her friend Laurel. In August of 2004, right before um, right before they were able to arrest Benjamin, um, the police honored Roger, her father, um, with a certificate of appreciation because his billboard, in addition yeah. to Allie, it also helped catch two murderers or two murder <gasps> suspects. Because what happened was is when he started working with Lamar Advertising, he convinced them also to put other suspect information for other crimes. Oh, how selfless and awesome and amazing. And what a cool twist. Really cool twist. In 2011, Obama awarded Kemp the Presidential Citizens Medal, which is the nation's second highest civilian award for his work. Um, And then in 2022, sadly, Roger Kemp, Ali's father, he passed away at the age of 77. But he's with Ali What he did, he's with Ali, and what he did... um, to fight for his daughter. You know, it's like he he knew that, again, like he said, he could either sit back and pull the covers over his eyes or he could do something, and he chose to do something, and it seemed like, you know, it's helped more than just him and his family. But I'm just so happy that they're able to get justice, but it's just so heartbreaking in this, this young life with a lot of potential. We've talked about all the time, every victim, it's absolutely heartbreaking. There's just so much potential this young mm-hmm. woman had, um, and for her life to be cut short so senselessly, so so quickly by someone and that because... didn't have any. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, oh, it's really hard. Like you're um, the worthless one. Get him out of here. Ugh. Yeah. And I just wanted to share the story of Allie Kemp, um, and how strong her father's love is for her. Um, so many people loved her. But she fought like hell. You know, she wanted to live. Well, I'm sorry she didn't get she didn't get that opportunity. Um, yeah. But thank you for telling that story. That is a hard one. Way to go, Carrie, and way to go. The old classic, my old favorite, my old standby, 17. We love 17. Um, should love I have 17. done a trigger warning before that? No, I think people know with us that it's uh, sloppy and messy, as as evidenced by some of our reviews. Um. 
Have we got no, worse kidding. reviews Actually, or they're happy? No, no. I feel like everyone's reviews have been happy. nice. No, everyone's been like, um, oh, this is entertaining and not cheesy. That's what Ali G said. Ali G titled their review Not Trash. And then Maria said, this is my new favorite podcast and that she loves our relationship and the stories we tell and that she's binging us. And she called us silly girls, which <laughs> I love being called. Are these new? Are these new reviews? Oh, yeah. And um, here was a good one, too. Somebody that goes by Mello0123, their title of their review you're going to love, weirdly like this podcast. (laughs) 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 And then they wrote, at first I thought to myself, what in the world are these ladies talking about? And wow, just laughing nonstop. So I really do you think now's I, the time. Wait, do you think now is the time that we should be talking about reviews though? Like really like after my story should be like, let's give some highlights for reviews. We can copy and paste this and put this in the beginning. Honestly, I think it's fine where it is. And the reason why is that whenever we talk about these stories, you need to find a way out because you don't, the rest of your day, the rest of your, you know, you don't get bogged down in it and then it'll come back to you and you'll think about it at other times. But that's not how I digest horribly Anything. difficult stories or sadness is like now I just it would be super inappropriate I think you know that about me I'm not like now you know it would be inappropriate because I'm gonna do the thing that's inappropriate but I really I don't feel like I'm dishonoring Allie by telling people about these funny reviews I feel like I need to help you off board we need a palate cleanser we need like a mint that. little sorbet ice cream that's what we need because i got news for I you just... i'm not about to tell a really happy light story so you know <laughs> it's like i just have to say though i just was so when i heard this story i when i read this story in the 17 book i just was like i loved i i it was so heartbreaking and so sad but i loved the happy ending well it's not happy i take that back i loved that the redeemable family moments. was able to get closure because uh-huh. of this billboard and it reminded me uh-huh. of what is it three billboards in missouri in, yeah 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 in yeah. billings montana or something what it is um where is that the three bl- anyway the where power are those of billboards. Three billboards call if you know where hey call oh, Francis mcdormand phones are lighting up hello <laughs> hi i wish hi, i wish me. so badly we were just radio francis i'm francis mcdonald what's her name francis mcdormand <laughs> francis <laughs> mcdormand <laughs> I love her. Who um, doesn't love her? She's a mess, and I love her. She's not unlike us. Um, so my story is um, the death of Joe Glenowitz, and I got my information on CNN, NBC, Chicago Tribune, and Wikipedia. Joe Glenowitz was born in Libertyville, Illinois. All right. I know it. It's right by Six Flags Great America. I actually know someone who is from Libertyville. Great Illinois. America. This is a very Merca like leaning tale. I feel, which is to which say makes that, sense because it's Libertyville. Is that are you only saying that because it takes place in Libertyville in Illinois? No, no. But like he he joined like he's young and he joins the army and he went to a military school and then he gets okay. trained to be like you know a drill sergeant and a sniper and then he's like I'm going to double down and also take classes in airborne assault because I'm going to become like maybe a guardian of the galaxy you know whatever you do with that knowledge I don't think that's how I don't think that's how it works because guardian of the galaxy is actually a marvel movie but we can move on we can we can actually move on are that's you fine. trying to say that you don't think that Groot had to take airborne assault classes 
Are you trying to say you know Guardians of the Galaxy? Do you know Marvel movies? Of course I do. Matt likes Marvel movies. Wait, I like Marvel movies. So Matt and I talk, not talked about this? We, I, I don't know, but I guess you guys just opened up another really like fascinating part of I'm your really relationship. I'm really excited to talk to Matt about this when I'm back in New York. Should I go this get him? This is great. JK. This is thrilling. JK, no, he needs to watch the kids. Let's move on. So... Um, what happens is that Joe is in the Army Reserves for 23 years and he earns reportedly so many fucking medals that they can't he like can't put them on his resume anymore. It's too it would be like too big a brag, too big at a flex. That point, at that point, though, like make the resume two pages. If you're making, if you're getting that, you no, know, if you, I feel like that would look insane. Like if you gave someone a resume and like there was a full sorry, page and a half that was just these wait, are the medals. Wait, 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 wait. wait. If you're sacrificing your life. To be serving the country. He didn't sacrifice his life yet. Relax. Well, let's be honest. I mean, th- that we're here making a podcast. Anyone who's doing military work is sacrificing their life. <laughs> I'm in Portugal right now on vacation. That is, I Carrie's just feel like not doing a, anything. But the rest of us are working hard. I'm working hard <laughs> to tell you the story of Joe Glinowitz. Okay, it's sorry. Let's move great. on. I'm sorry. I've been interrupting you a lot lately, and I'm sorry. Let's move on. (laughs) Joe joins the Fox Lake Police Department, the FLPD. And when he's there, he gets involved with something they do called the Fox Lake Police Explore Post Program that does, uh, like, brings kids in and does, like, role model-y... uh, scared straight like big brothery it's sort of like hey do you want to like learn more about the police force and and learn how to maybe I don't know what components there are if there's defense stuff it's basically onboarding for young kids to become active later okay so grooming okay let's move on <laughs> well he seems really passionate about it like he never misses it he spends a lot of time with the kids like he really likes being a part of this he I think it gives him a lot of meaning um that's how the kids perceive it. And during all that, he's also just training still, like SWAT training, police dog handling. Um, he becomes a certified evidence technician, which doesn't sound easy. He's like really like just keeps learning and he becomes sergeant and he becomes lieutenant. And he has four sons during this time and he gets married and everybody fucking loves Joe. Everyone loves Joe. And he's like this bald police guy so people call him G.I. Joe Chris Rock does not ever call him that to be clear wait I have a question good one we love a Jada Pinkett Smith reference and an Oscars 2021 reference well 2022 reference Skating on thin ice. great great work <laughs> um yeah if, Chris, if Will Smith hears you he is definitely gonna stop listening to this podcast was he <laughs> his favorite wait, he joined the military or he was just in the police now he's in the police. Like, he was in the military. But while he's in the police, he's doing SWAT I have more SWAT respect training. for military than I do police. But let's, okay. That's, I, that's just I think that's not going to come as a shock to anybody. But um, he's had a very, what I'm trying to say is, like, this guy has had a completely prestigious career. And his whole life has just, like, climbed the ranks. Right. And that's what you would look at if you were, like, here's a glimpse of Joe's life. You'd be like, whoa, he just kept advancing. And he just, like, only did military, only did police, nothing outside okay. that. Um, even his extra work would have been, like, working with these kids. Um, and having and four kids of his own. But Totally. Yeah. Um, and I think they were all sons. So on September 1st, 2015, he is about to retire. He's retiring in a month. 
So an older guy now. Today, though, Joe reports to work and he gets he gives a, a call that says, I need backup. I'm pursuing three men, two white guys and a black guy. And I'm at the abandoned cement plant over in Fox Lake and I need help. I'm pursuing them. This is at about 10 till 8. 20 minutes later, the FLPD that he called show up and they're like looking, looking everywhere. They don't see him. They don't see these men. They see nothing. There's a wooded marsh by the cement plant and they go into it and they find him dead. He's been shot twice a month before he's set to retire. He, um, the first bullet, um, went into his bone and his ballistic vest, but then the second one got like above the vest and into his chest and his head looks kind of scraped and bruised and they see all his shit, like his, his radio, his taser, like flung around and his, like everything's around and scattered. So it looks like there was some sort of struggle in moment and he was shot by these three guys that he was pursuing. And so, this is their Joe. This is their GI Joe. So they're like, mm-hmm. no, it's all right. We're declaring, we're declaring the town a no fly zone. We're doing a fucking lockdown and we are doing a manhunt and we're going to find these fuckers that killed Joe. 400 law enforcement officers are like all oh over God. the place. They're in cars, they're in helicopters, they're flying drones, they're on horseback. It's like, we are going to find the guys that did this. And it, it didn't, get calmer as time went it got more intense because this also felt like a town where this kind of stuff doesn't happen and the news is telling everybody about it and just reporting on it all day and people are just sitting and watching the news because everyone knew him and everyone's freaked out and they're just like what's gonna happen if the whole town is mobilized we have to find these guys and they don't the next day in illinois a woman named Kristen kiefer calls the police and says I was just on the road and two guys one white one black suddenly approached my car which was stopped and they came out of a cornfield and tried to steal my car and I just ran away like I ran on foot and so everyone's like these are the guys it's pretty obvious so they do roadblocks they start searching they get like the dogs again it's just absolute madness and they're looking through a place that's nearby called the Volo Bog State Natural Area, which people are like, oh, it's a good place to dump bodies. Like, if there's bad guys, they went here. And then they start tracking something. And they're like, we have them. And they, like, follow it, follow it, follow the scent with the dogs. And then it's a deer. And they're like, a deer didn't do this. This was a bust. Then later, this woman is like, well... I was nannying a family, and I really wanted attention from them, so I actually did make this up. <laughs> and you're like, so amidst she all this, them like a wild goose she like chase. must have heard the news the the Ugh. day before, and like imagine that they're really trying to focus on looking for these guys, and they waste all these resources oh following. Yes, this totally wild goose chase. I mean, she got in trouble. She had to like pay twenty thousand dollars, and she was obviously in the news, looking like a damn fool. But like, also, who needs that kind of attention from the people they nanny for? I was like, what are you even talking about? What a 
What a bad well, nanny. You, well, you know, I, well, you know, when I babysit your kids, I love to pretend like one of them ran away and never came back. Totally, you know, I love, love attention doing that. from I everyone love in my attention family. Attention from everyone in your family. I love it. I I do get that, but this was a bridge too far. Is all I'm saying. Um, and the community wow. is so pissed because they're like, this guy matters to us. He's like, yeah. And people were coming forward and like there was a quote I wrote that said we knew him as a dedicated father, caring friend, and passionate law enforcement officer. And so the same day that this woman is calling the police to say that there's like this fake situation is also a vigil for him. And then the next day there's a tribute to him and the Chicago Bears display a tribute during one of their preseason games. Like mm-hmm. everyone cares about this and his funeral there's a procession that was 18 miles with thousands of people and they were waving. Um, okay. This, so something I should say is this is also happening during the time of during the same year as Ferguson. So there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of feelings about police officers. So then people are parading and they have thin blue line flags and American flags. And people are like, this is maybe these people shot him because of the war on cops and it becomes like this cop yeah. is so important and this happened. And it's just I don't know what to say except it's at a I very think you're picturing polarizing time. Yes. It's and there's just tons of tension yeah. around this um, yeah. because people are mad that they yeah. lost this guy in their community. Um, Ten days later, this cop. Well, I should say he's his name is Joseph Battaglia and he used to be a Chicago cop. He starts calling all the media outlets and police agencies and threatening them and being like, this guy shot himself intentionally and you have to say that he did. And he makes all these wild threats. So on September 13th, he gets in trouble. He gets charged with disorderly conduct and he's sentenced to a year of supervision after pleading guilty. So there's all these sort of people that are part of this story, but they're still not finding... The bad well, it's guys. Like when people, when a story like that gets so big, people are coming out of the woodwork. People are doing crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Although I have a feeling that guy might be right, but let's move on. Well, he is right. And yeah. here's what ends up happening they start looking into the death. There is an investigation, and it finishes in November of 2015. And they have as a result of an investigation gone through his personnel file. And let me just say that there was um, a crime, a major crimes task force commander that said, and I quote, if I knew about that personnel file and I was a parent, I certainly wouldn't put my child in the Explorer program under his tutelage because this guy had been stealing money from the program tons of money for like personal use for his family use like giving his son money that he would then be like you just have to pay the program back but he was using it like it was like a personal bank account um but not only that that's like the big thing but in may 1988 he passed out in his truck his foot is on the pedal Like, and it's just running. It's like idling on the side of the road against the shoulder of the highway. And he's so drunk that when they get to him, they can't wake him up. So they're like, 
okay. So they tow Joe's truck. They take Joe home. He's so blacked out that he wakes up the next day and calls his truck stolen. Like he calls the phone. He's like, my truck got stolen. I mean. Oh, my God. It's bad. And they're like, what happened, Joe? Like, what the fuck? And he's like, you know, I had some beer and some shots after playing volleyball. And I'm like, oh, okay. Why didn't you say so? He's a big guy. He's a big Top Gun guy. He's a big (laughs) Top Gun dude. But then in um, this is like the same summer. So that was May. And then in August, he also is playing volleyball and has a beer and a shot. And then he's so drunk he can't come to work the next day. So I somehow don't know if he's lying about not being able to go to work or if... Maybe he should be drinking maybe, more water when he's playing volleyball. It gets those electrolytes replenished. I think, and then he can have a beer and a shot. going to the side after like playing around and just doing shots of tequila and then jumping back in the well, game? Well, just one beer and one shot and that, and that loss of... It's really hot. So it sounds like this is someone who hasn't experienced any real life consequences. Well, he hasn't it had has any... always been in these communities that are not the that same. That are obsessed with him. And it's like it's military and it's police. It's like he calls the shots and um, it's bad behavior all around because he also, um, in 2003, somebody calls in to say, a woman calls in to say that he she was having a fight with her, I think, and he said, like, well, you know, I could shoot you and hide your body. And then later, like, they're by themselves and he, like, pulls out his gun, like, threatening. And the same year that that happened, he gets in trouble because he was pressuring um, a woman that worked in his department under him. He was pressuring her to, like, give him a blowjob. And she, like, reported it. And... She was working for the Explorer program, too, and she, like, pulled out. She's like, I'm not going to work there anymore. And there was this whole suit, and the police chief tells the woman, he's he's like, yeah, Joe admitted that that happened, and I'm going to recommend that he go to sex addiction counseling oh for God. it. And I'm oh going to give him, God. like, a 30-day suspension. But then, like, the whole thing's supposed to go to court, but then it gets dismissed because Mm -hmm. what happens? This is so crazy. The woman and her lawyers miss some sort of paperwork deadline. And they're like, we're going to just throw it out. And then she's like, what? No, this happened and it was really scary. I was, like, assaulted by this person. And she appeals and loses it. So everything just, like, keeps going. He just keeps getting away with it. Um, But then... In 2009, years after that, an anonymous letter gets sent to his department that says this guy is sexually harassing people. He was sexually harassing harassing and threatening um, a woman. And he was also like he keeps being seen going to places with other women that are not his wife um, and being just super drunk. Like basically the letter is not about one thing. It's like this guy is has doing a, a bunch of fucked up bad stuff. stuff. And he's letting, um, like, the Explorer kids wear police stuff that they're not supposed to be wearing or using. Um, He's going to Christmas parties and he's feeling women up at the Christmas parties. One time he went and got a tattoo while he was supposed to be at work. And he used, like, a certificate that had been donated to the police department. I can't totally piece it all together. But this basically this one letter is, like... This is nuts. And all they do is they get the letter and they like ask one other person. They're like, have you seen this behavior? Like they don't do anything. He just keeps his job. 
but and he's lauded for it oh, well God. and here's the thing if you know this guy's like having lots of affairs and he's sexually harassing women i think it's really safe for us to say there's like some misogyny at play here so he's oh, not i think that i think that's a fair jump i think that's so a, imagine, i think that's an a to b situation yeah well so carrie then imagine how he feels when he gets a new boss in March of 2014, and it's a fucking chick. Chick boss. Enter chick boss. Enter girl boss. The girl <laughs> bossification of the police department in Fox Lake. Not only that, but she walks in and she's like, you know what I'd like to see? Like a full spreadsheet that has to do with the inventory and like the accounting of that Explorer like program that we run for kids. Um, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what that, what that really would have shown of course is that he had embezzled a ton of money and he'd spent money on vacations gym memberships porn porn like porn like stop of course. stop of course and i mean i, I i'm sorry to be serious, but also that shit's free yes also and by the way you should be paying for porn let's just do a psa you should pay for porn but like with your own hard-earned money with not with the police department it's not taxpayer money okay that's that but in his possession where he was like running the kids stuff he had taken all this military surplus gear and had like ballistic vests and combat boots and gas masks and it was just stuff he wasn't it wasn't his he wasn't supposed to have it so there's all these things and so then they they take his phone because now he's dead and they're like oh he deleted 6,500 text messages and obviously they can get them back and there's all these text messages between his wife that kind of shows that she knew what was up from the son that shows that he kind of knew what was up you know like there are damning things against the family in there too and the dad is texting the son saying about his new boss she hates me and if she gets a hold of this information I'm pretty well fucked and the son's like Huh. hopefully she decides to get a couple of drinks in her and she gets a DUI. And then the dad says, she does, but not around here and no one knows where. Trust me, I've thought through many scenarios from planting <gasps> things to the Volobog. And you'll recall the Volobog is where people say you, find, you can hide a body. So he's saying all these threatening things. She sees them Ugh. after his death, this boss, and she's like, that's so weird. He was always really nice to me. We never had a fight. I'm sure I'm sure she didn't think that's so weird. I'm well, sure she was like, what the actual fuck? Well, then they are able to like prove that it looks like he was trying to get a gang member to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, because where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's smoke, there's absolutely fire. And the day fire. that he died, she had given him like a hard deadline. You need to get me this paperwork. It's like financial paperwork. I need to see it by 2 o'clock today. And then in the morning, this thing happens and he dies a hero. So first of all, because of his actions – the Fox Lake Police Explorer post gets totally disbanded. So all these kids pay the price for this one man's <sighs> poor actions. And one of the kids said of the whole thing, I just think he's very, very, very prideful. And I think that's what ultimately led up to making his decision, too, is that he didn't want to ask for help. He wanted to do it all by himself. And basically, it's it's a shame factor where he was protecting 
his memory, protecting his family, protecting his name. Well, also, so they're if like, he gets this killed was on a the job, suicide. If he gets killed on the job, I'm sure his family also gets a huge payout. Well, that was that went to court over that too of whether she was going to get his uh, what do his you call pension. it? Yeah, I mean, and she had to go to court too for like, did you play a role in this? Um, she was indicted on four counts of dispersing charitable funds without authority and for personal benefit and on two counts of money laundering. But she pled not guilty. And they seize all these bank accounts that are like, we think these are bank accounts that are these embezzled funds. And it doesn't look good. Like, like, let's see your tax. Those don't look good. Um, she accepted a plea deal um, just last year. Uh, and was convicted of deceptive practice, which is a class four felony in Illinois. But it only means that she got two years of probation. And this guy wow. cost everybody a billion bucks, because if you'll recall, do you remember the manhunt and 400 officers? And like, yeah, it's so crazy when you think about yeah, everyone that helped look for these men, the parade and the idea that you know, sure, it was a mixture of black guys and white guys that did this to him. But the racial implications yeah. are at that time. Well, there are three men who were like, we got harassed and they were not white. Two of them were black and one was Hispanic. And they sued the fucking town because they were yeah. like, you were looking for us and you were going to pin this on us. And if we hadn't figured this out, they just were so close to being the guys that took the fall, the fall for and this. went to prison for murdering oh somebody that killed themselves. That and if they're not the only people that experienced that. It was an excuse to go around and yeah. you know racially profile people and say, well, and who do you I mean got the, racially you're profiled saying, like, for it? You're saying the you're saying the I mean like the all the taxpayer money on that. That is. Wow. 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 There was um, tributes for this guy all over town. They had to take yeah. him down, and some of them got tagged and messed with, and there was one that said G.I. Joe, and then they turned it into G.I. Joke. That's the, that's like the lamest. I mean, I, well, how creative, but also not. That is also like that G.I. Joke is too nice for him. Well, that's the crime I'm here to talk about. The person that did that. Thank you. Will you please come forward? Please and come forward. We got to workshop some better. We got to workshop some better stuff because that was not it. That's but that's the story so of the horrifying. death of Joe Glenowitz. I'm so I'm so curious. Like it's this in our in our cases that we cover today it's the escalation to me that stands out of like in my case it's like how far that escalates mm -hmm. i'm so curious about joe his escalation coming from the military and filing orders and like what that like because you do you do you just like slowly inch or do you feel like you own the world and can do whatever the hell you want i think it, he was operating in a male run system and he was getting away with things constantly where he would get a slap on the wrist and he I mean, was doing his first DUI was things. 1988 1988 but he was the dui and so harassing long. women and all these things and people would come in and say don't do that or did you do that and he'd go no and so i think the money thing was that he'd have retired and no one would have known but this woman um came in to the force and was like I'm going to check on this and someone's trying to get in here I think it's Griff I'm going to check on this and that was it wow. for him he knew his goose was cooked wow 
Jesus. Ugh, that just makes me feel so icky, especially because the the ripple effect of his crimes and the people, the women that were affected, these men who were, you know, going to take the fall for it. I mean, just Mm -hmm. horrifying. Also, the fact that he shot himself twice and roughed his face up to make it look like that. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, I don't... The... Gross. The... (laughs) The, the idea, I don't know, anybody like faking their own zoo. It's so bizarre. And and the idea that he died knowing like they're going to try to catch somebody and pin it on them. It's just like you were bad but when also, you were alive also, and you're going to take somebody also, down in your death. Also dying and not knowing for sure either. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's no guarantee. Well, and that's he's somebody gone. that he says when I'm it. gone, I don't have any more problems. Like yeah. there's no like. Yeah worry that's for obvious who he's left behind yeah. that's obvious to me yeah. that he is someone who was really only thinking about numero uno gi joke um well guys thank you for gotta, telling that story that's get a wild story we gotta get out of here i gotta go um i gotta take a bath after this love you guys love you so much miss Goodbye. you miss you